Well, hello and welcome to the Parent Network Podcast, episode 14. My name is Chris Sasser. I'm the pastor of Fame and Ministries, and I'm here with... Marcy Bullock, the director of Grozen, our birth to pre-K ministry. And uh, this week we have a another podcast co-host, our friend... Mike Ashcraft. I get to be a co-host. Yes, co-host. you get to be a co-host and podcast. This is gonna be fun. Not a guest. You can, <laughs> you can have be both. Your list of right. many, That's exactly many right. That's here. right. Was it on your bucket list to be a co-host for that a podcast? Was, it actually is on my bucket list <laughs> to be a co-host. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, we're excited. We're uh, we're headed into summer here at Port City and really all across the world, I guess. And um, super excited about what God's doing and uh, not a whole lot going on, Marcy, this summer in the Parent Network. Right. Well, I mean, not for parents. We yep. have our leadership teams done a lot of work this summer already. Yeah, that's true. We met a couple of weeks ago, kind of talking about the fall, which we'll kind of end with here in a few minutes. So we're excited about the fall and kind of new things coming with the Parent Network. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know folks are traveling and uh, having kind of family family time this summer. Um, so that's part of the reason why we wanted to bring our pastor, Mike Ashcraft, in. Because, Mike, we are doing something pretty cool uh, this summer. You kicked it off uh, a week or so ago with a great sermon uh, in our series called Summer playlist so maybe let's just take a moment for folks who maybe don't know if they're not a part of port city or if they're they missed that uh, that sermon talk about summer playlist and where we're going this summer well the whole idea is it's funny you just mentioned it because when you talked about uh we're not doing a whole lot this summer you talked about preparing for the fall and i think that God, is, you got me <laughs> well i think that's one of the the key things is summer is by definition a disruption of rhythms and it's a it's a good disruption at least theoretically because Everybody sort of gets so sick of school that they start longing for the summer. And then what I found is that inevitably, at about you know, it's about 70 days from now, people start uh, longing for the fall. And they're not they're not longing for the new thing. They're actually waiting for things to go back to the way they used to be when their kids are out of their mm-hmm. hair yeah. and when back the rhythms are restored. Yeah. And the summer kind of goes by without really a lot of intentionality. And uh, so part of the idea is to really create some intentionality around using this season uh, to enjoy it. Certainly, I mean, I love summer. It's my favorite season. But to use this season with an eye on preparing for a new season uh, in the fall. And so doing some things differently, thinking a little bit differently about um, how we use our summer. So that's the idea behind it. Okay, so let everybody know about the uh, 60 Days of Summer. All right, so 60 Days of Summer is my attempt uh, to use uh, social media to use the 60 weekdays as a time of preparation. So like this uh, this week, the focus is on confession. And everybody thinks that confession is coming to God and going, here's the list of all the things I've done wrong. But confession isn't, isn't just about what we've done wrong. Confession literally means to agree. So the idea is that we, we come and we bring ourselves to God and we may, we may confess the things we've done wrong, but the ultimate thing is for us to confess what we believe about Him and align ourselves with Him. And this isn't just intellectual. It really is about um, uh, really giving ourselves room to process. That agreement isn't necessarily instant. It's to think and consider. I think one of the things, in fact, I was uh, reflecting on this today, in Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to the mm-hmm. patterns of this world. But it talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds, and then we'll be able to test. And it's, it's putting things to the test to say, I agree with this, I trust in this, I believe in this, I confess this. And that's what we're, we're ultimately trying to do. So that's, that's this week. Next, we're going to talk about expectations and different questions. A lot of things that we're using over these 60 days just to give sort of these daily bursts uh, on Instagram, Twitter, using the PC3 uh, Devos online to kind of just continue to help people think 
about each day as they prepare for this new season uh, ahead. Well, I know one of the places that uh, a lot of this is coming from for you is in Isaiah 43. So I'm just going to read some verses um, <clears throat> starting in verse 18. It says this, uh, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So talk a little bit about that scripture and why that scripture is kind of important around all this. Well, it's, it's the, you know, if someone asked me in fact last week says, why did you use, cause I was talking to our staff and I was talking about the fact, y'all remember this. Um, I was talking about the fact that God is doing a new thing. And someone asked, why did you use the phrase new? And in the very same conversation, this person said, um, when you talk about God doing something new, are you talking about going back to the way things used to be? Almost in the same sentence, you know, that somehow that these good old days, if we could just restore what it used to be like, that would be fine. I said, this is precisely why we're using the phrase new. new right. Is because it keeps us from thinking about what he's, what's always been. And uh, so part of that is even when it talks about bringing water to the wilderness, it's a disruptive force. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, we're, we're actually comfortable with, misery you know we, we've become uh, comfortable with things not being good because at least they're predictably not yeah, good right and our our you know our dissatisfaction uh, with or our, our unwillingness to be uncertain outweighs um, or isn't big enough to change the dissatisfaction we feel in the present and so we round up being stuck and longing for the way things used to be and it just creates this terrible pattern that so many people live in. So that's where that was from. And, and I think the fact that he, when he says don't dwell on the past, I don't think it's a discounting of it. It just means that we just can't keep going back to the way things were, that, that things are ahead and we need to figure out how to embrace them. Yeah, that's good. So when it comes to parenting, like, Akasas, I know you brought up that verse when you're looking at your kids yeah. and what they're doing, new things. Um, yeah. Would you say that it's almost from an element of like recognizing what they were doing in their past and comparing to what they're doing, their new struggles today? Um, I think you could. I think what um, when it comes to parenting, you know, it's it is the you know the interesting thing about parenting is it's the one place where you know things change. And I remember, you know, you, you think of this when my kids turned four, which is a long time ago now. But we said we want to freeze them, right? You freeze them so they'll right. stay just like that yeah. for the rest of their lives. And so we do have this sort of sense that we can just. And the reason four is because we they've survived two and three. <laughs> and um, but it's so funny because you know I remember thinking this when I, when my kids were small. It's like as soon you know, you get you have an infant, and you bring them home, and it's like it's such a disruption. Everything's so different. And then as soon as you get used to having an infant, they're crawling. And as soon as you get used to them crawling, they're walking. And as soon as you get, you know, it's like as soon as you get used to one stage, they're already in another. So it's it's that it's that sense that things are changing in ahead. Um, when it comes to actually parenting and being involved, one of the things that I think summer is so powerful because it's um, part of what we talked about on Sunday was you got to ask yourselves new questions, um, and you think about what's the primary question that people ask when school is out they're like how can i occupy my kids what am i doing with these guys <laughs> all right, summer what are my kids and that becomes the question that everybody tries to answer yeah. and what they do is they answer in a lot of different ways but it's always the same way it's it's i'm going to send them to this vacation bible school yeah, this week right. this summer camp this week and right. i'm going to occupy them the whole and week and also the other question is how am i being perceived as i make these decisions by other parents <laughs> um, I, what does everybody think about my yeah, parents that's right. you can always post good pictures right? on instagram yeah. and i'll take care of it well, all it's so funny because like 
on Facebook right now, there's this rolling a meme that says, don't forget there's only 18 summers with your kids. Yeah. And mm, so you, you kind of have the comparison of the parent that's like, I can't wait already for my kids to go back to school. Yeah. And I'll never forget there was a, a spouse um, of one of our guys on staff here. He posted this hilarious post on Facebook about how the kids had destroyed the living room, the kitchen had no food, and it was only day one of summer. <laughs> and she was like, just brace for impact. And then you have the other mom or dad that's like, we're so excited it's summer, like this is adventure time, who really looks at it from that perspective. But really, we can often have those moments where we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents to fill yeah. every minute of And have the day. perfect summer. And right. have the perfect summer. Right. And if we don't, you know, there's only 18, so yeah. we've yeah. ruined yeah. one. And, yeah, that's right. and it's it's hard. And with going back to what we talked about before with um, parenting and the new changes and all that, what I'm realizing only four years into the parenting world is that the culture of parenting has already changed hmm. since I had my daughter. So, like, not only am I going with like what my perception of parenting was from the beginning to now it does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's so my, cha- my children are evolving and so is the process of parenting yeah, yeah. that's true i wonder if too if this is the first you know kind of because what we're seeing this is the general i think everybody's always been comparative in their parenting but mm-hmm. it's really the first generation where it was like instant comparison and feedback all the time and constantly with social media mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think that we've got to start asking different questions because the audience of our parenting isn't other parents, it's our kids, yeah, right? right? It's, it's right. our yeah. kids are the ones that are impacted and we need to start thinking about what do my kids think about what I'm doing and not what does everybody else think about what I'm doing. Um, you know, my, it's the, the questions that I began you know, asking even, even back when, I remember, really realizing how disruptive summer was. And I mentioned this Sunday, you know, for nine months out of the year, my life worked. Like, (laughs) it's what it felt like. It's like I could get up and go to work. Um, My kids, you know, especially as they got into school, uh, my wife uh, works in the schools as well. So they would all leave at like 7.30. You know, so that's, you know, and and I don't schedule meetings before nine. So even if I'm not getting up at five in the morning, right, I I had like an hour where I can like do my thing, get my day ready. Um, Nobody's bothering me. It does sound amazing, right? Now, it wasn't always like that when my kids were smaller. But then all of a sudden, summer comes, and Jill's like, aren't you going to stay and have coffee with us? You know, I'm like, aren't you going to have breakfast with us? I'm like, no, i, I got to go to work, you know. And you start feeling that yeah. that tension, that pull, or can you do this, or can you do that? And, and so I started trying to arrange my life mm-hmm. to be available for more things. That when we did vacations, we, we, we went on vacation. We enjoyed the things that... We were doing, and we I enjoyed what my kids were enjoying, yeah. and not how cool I thought it was going to be, or or those types of things. And that's probably the most freeing thing is to realize that, you know, I I, I don't have to to do what everybody else thinks that I ought to do. Yeah. I have to do what God has asked me to do. I have to understand my relationship with my kids is unique, and it's individual, and that's where the focus has to be. And I think we just lose that with trying to, my kids don't need every experience that your kids need. Yeah. My kids right. need certain things. I needed to, you know, I've been entrusted to say no to certain things and yes to certain things. And we've got to give ourselves permission to do that as well. Yeah. So what are some suggestions maybe practically for some parents? Because one of the things you said was um, to take disruptions yeah. and use them well. So do you have any kind of practical you know, I, I mean, I think there's disruption? A, there's a lot of things that I think you've got to you've got to spend some time and think about what questions you you do ask because when you post something on social media, you're answering a question that you may not be answering 
or the, that you may not be asking out loud. But the question is, how's this going to look to other people? Yeah. Right. That may be the question we're asking. That's a terrible question to ask as a parent, but we ask it all the time. So what if we started asking, how do my kids perceive this? Or what does this look like from my kids' eyes? Or how can, how can I create a day for my kids, you know, that might be, um, that might build trust, that might create us, uh, create a culture in our home, um, things like that. You know, we, we, we did this years ago. I remember there was a book, I think it was by Patrick Lencioni. It was called The Three Questions of a Frantic Family. It's a, it's a really interesting book, but one of the things that he talked about was, what is your rallying cry? Hmm. And it was, this is when my kids were small, and one of the things that we decided in our home was our rallying cry was, it's gotta be fun. And what it took is it took all the seriousness off of keeping the house clean mm. and that everything wasn't about how perfect it was. Right. You know, you relieve the pressure. You relieve the pressure. And then like even now, you know, we have a big uh, sign up in our house that my oldest daughter or youngest daughter, who's now 17, made for my wife. And it says, you know, she does like the writing and stuff and put it in a frame. And it says, there's always a reason to celebrate. Mm. Yeah. And I look back and it was those, those years when we just decided we're going to turn everything in to a celebration of what is happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things have stuck and created a culture in our home. And, and I think when you're, you know, so I, I, I don't, what are the practical things? I think you've got to identify the culture that you have, that you want yeah. in your home, and yeah. then what things contribute to that. Well, and the reality is because of the disruption and because the season right. is different, you can create a different culture. Absolutely. Like you have some freedom and some space during a summer yeah. uh, season to create a different culture. And s- for some people that turns into a culture of frustration yeah. because the right. rhythms are so disrupted and you keep acting like they should be like yeah, they were. That's right. Yeah. And they're not. <laughs> yeah. And that, that in of itself is a lesson that we have to realize that things are not like they used to be and they never will be. Yeah. And what we've got to do as, you know, I think of as, I used to, you know, a lot of talk about leadership and leading, but that's what, that's what parenting is. You're leading kids into the future. You're creating a future for them that we get a say mm. in and we get to participate in and we get yeah. to create a vision for it. And I think a lot of times, you know, we don't have a vision for our kids that is worthy of what's really required. And, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I had to get rid of all the, you know, as the, what's their what, vision and being education, vision being career, vision being all the accomplishments they would have and really making vision about what kind of person would I be raising? And to get a real clear picture of those two things. And I can tell you, I had, you know, I picked words for my kids when they were small and said, I'm gonna pray this for my kid. And I'll tell you, it's amazing to see how that has Mm. transpired and had an impact and both my kids can tell you probably what those words are to this mm, day that's cool sounds like he's talking about being intentional as a parent intentional yeah. as a parent I think too that some of what you're saying I'm like I because I'm new to parenting still I'm like I've got to do everything right yeah. I've got to like and this is our first summer that we don't have childcare for one of our kids so we're processing that this is our opportunity to get her invested in music and gymnastics and this and that. And I can't get a hold of the gymnastics place and I can't do this and I can't do that. So I'm failing to set her up for her future. Right. And it's like, we, no, that's yeah. not, it's not entirely. But it's even, it's even, <laughs> but think about it, it's even the, even the, the way we think about things. This is where I think the, the, the writing things down and disrupting the language. You know, one of the things I talk mm-hmm. about Sunday is to say things differently. We say we want them to invest in music. And what you're actually doing is you're actually investing in her. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. it's we're, you know, because one is that she is doing this 
And so she, all of a sudden, it, it by default means there's right. a spreading thin. But if these are become things that she is benefiting from, yes. that are now about what kind of person she's becoming, what she's enjoying, what she's pursuing. Right. Um, I think, and I, but I think that's a real subtle thing because we are trying to get our kids involved in all these things mm-hmm. to make sure that they have well-rounded experiences and broad and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to start to flip and decide, you know, what kind of kids do we want to raise? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what do we want the culture to be um, in, you know, in our home? And what experiences can we create to yeah. help that? And I think kind of being, a, you know, where we are in parenting, because our kids are 12 and 14, uh, we're in this season where we have to involve them right. in that process. Yeah. So they Absolutely. are discovering yeah. who they are, the way God's wired them. I mean, we're, we're literally day kind of two into summer. And my son today could go to uh, a football workout, a basketball workout, and a baseball game. And he's like in this moment where he's on the same day, right? And he's like in this moment where he's trying to, you know, we're trying to help him sort through, okay, we're not doing all three of these all the time, but I'm not going to put my foot down and say, hey, this is what you have to do. We've got to do that together. He's got to be able to discover that and take ownership of that. Um, But it's just this, this crazy... Everything comes at you, and if you're not intentional about it, See, we, we, you just do it all. We're early on enough in this that I can pretty much tell my kids yeah. what they're yeah, going to do. Yeah, that's right. Which is really yeah, great sure. because I'm hoping that we can invest yep. in so much in Hattie that she can become a rock star and pay for my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you start. You that's know, what you do. Yeah, that's what that, they yeah. did with Justin. Yeah, Peter, I, w- I wouldn't. So like, I wouldn't count on that. Super so. successful. I mean, she's cute and all, but um, that's anyway. actually I mean, a pretty uh, <laughs> common common uh, philosophy. <laughs> Uh, I do think that you know part of that is, and it does smart. With it, it starts when they're small, mm-hmm. um, because what you're teaching kids how to do is to prioritize. That's you're right. And you're laying a foundation for what. Yeah. yeah how to say this mm-hmm. is this is more important than that. Right. You know, I'm gonna because eventually they will choose. That's right. And they'll choose either because of things that they believe and value, or they're gonna choose because of what they think a parent expects, mm-hmm. or they're gonna choose because of what everybody else expects. And you know what. What, what I think is, again, you know, when, we, when we're doing this, I want my kids to be able to choose based on what they believe yes. about what God has called them to that's do. That's right. You got and that's it. a very, you know, it, um, and, and I, have two, I, have two, I have two girls, but they're very different. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was very different parenting and dealing with them. So can I ask, like, this is a little off topic, but for the parent that their child doesn't want to do anything for the summer. What do you do? What do you, I mean, like when it's like you don't even have the opportunity to lead them because they just, the summer is just their chance to do nothing. Is that, how do we coach them through that? You know, I think doing nothing is not a, not a bad thing. Um, I think doing nothing intentionally can actually be very helpful. And that's part of the, the challenge. Doing nothing, laying in your room, because you don't want to see anybody is, is different than doing nothing by using that as an opportunity to build a relationship, to have conversations, to, um, because I don't know that people want to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's finding things that they can do that, that breathe life into them mm-hmm. and not drain them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've learned, like for us, we've done things, um, uh, you know, whether it's some kind of art thing or something that's, you know, music, things, the things that build in that kids can enjoy that aren't like we've got to go and prepare all this stuff. I mean, that's part of the reason, you know, for me going to the beach, right? I like to go to the beach. I can get in my car. I can drive to the beach. 
that I can be that I can stand in the sand. I can sit in the sand. It doesn't bother me. If I have to like pack a picnic and <laughs> and, and it takes me eight hours oh, to prepare yeah. to go to the beach, going to the beach doesn't it doesn't you know weigh. And I think that's part of the thing. Kids don't want to do anything because of what's required to do it. To get there. And what we've got to do is oh, to figure yeah. out how can we enter into where they are mm. and help them do some things that are going to breathe life yeah. into them and not and and be you know energizing for them and not just one more thing that they felt they have to perform or oh, this yeah. is like affecting their future right. or especially the older right. they get the more they feel that's yeah, pressure right. they're not tutoring or whatever yeah that's good i want to drill down a little bit more on yep. one more part of um, what we've been talking about uh, we, we're talking about being distinct yep. in the culture right as as believers and what would you say to parents about what we can do to a be distinct ourselves in our parenting with our kids and and teach that to kids in a culture where uh, there are increasingly blurring lines to what's distinct. Gosh, that's a great question. I think the my gut answer is teach your kids that it's not about them. And I think unfortunately, and I see this, you know, my kids aren't perfect by any stretch, um, but. I'm fortunate that my wife models this probably as well as any human being um, I've ever met, that she gives herself to whatever she does for other people. It is a very consistent thing with her, and both of my girls have seen that and are starting to develop that. Um, but we've, we've tried to never make it about them you know you everything is about you and what you want and your future in this we've and even like you know going back to those culture things mm -hmm. we wanted our family to have a culture that was not a uh, conglomeration of, of individuals of four individuals doing their own thing but but a, but a, a unity a oneness mm -hmm. a collection and for them to see themselves as a part of something that doesn't revolve around them but rather to see themselves as uh they contribute to that. So like when you're when you're disciplining your kids or when you're trying to get them to prioritize, you know, your family and who you are as a family, their contribution to that is important. And I think in our culture, we raise our kids to make sure that they're at the top of the class, that they're the number one. If they're not the number one, we'll figure out some other way to get them to be number one. And everything centers on them to the degree that I think we raise them to think that they're the center of the world and then when they realize they're not that's a big shock yeah the they, they crumble and they crumble yeah. and um, so distinct is when you just raise kids who don't think they're the center of of the universe you know that's kind of a, <laughs> a distinguishing yeah. um, thing and again it's, it's not perfect you know um, uh, you know we we have all the kind of issues in our house that, that other people have as well. The one thing that probably is, I don't know if it's unique, but it's refreshing to me, is that my kids talk to us. You know, they we have the, the frankest of conversations, and what I've tried to do is I don't argue with them when they're wrong. Um, I listen to them, I try to understand them and I work hard to understand. I got teenage girls, right? So I mean, you, you have to work really hard to understand at least as best as you can. Um, and typically what happens is as those conversations unfold, they, you know, you see who they are um, and it allows you to kind of lean into that 
to help them make those decisions or to establish those priorities or to come to grips with, you know, we have a saying that says what stays in the van. That means we're in the car. That means whatever they're saying, like they can say anything they want about anything or anybody and it's staying in the van. Mm-hmm. But we're going to process it and we're going to help them figure out when they get out of that van or out of that car, what are you going to do? Yeah. And I love what I've heard you say before too, is, is we talk about everything so we, we can, can talk, talk about, about anything. anything. Yeah. I'm stealing that. And steal it. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> It, sure. it works. I mean, it really does. It, yeah. You know, your your kids, because that's what I said. Everybody has these awkward conversations with their kids because it's the only thing they talk to their kids about. Yeah, right. And you know, talk to them about what's happening in the world. Talk to them about what's happening in their schools. Talk to them about what you see on Twitter. Talk to them about what you see on on Instagram or Snapchat. You know, participate. I mean, that's. I think people, parents especially, underestimate the fact that God has created us to live in a relationship with our children. It's it's an intended mm. thing. And when that doesn't happen, it's because something has has broken, which is what sin does yeah, and did right. and does. Right. And I think oftentimes it gets broken because of the nature of the relationship where I've got to kind of be directing and telling our kids to do stuff. Sure. And I don't ever kind of mend the relationship and bring right. it back to, hey, this is. Right. Or that I've together. used I've used my kids to promote my image. Yes, that's right. You know, somewhere yeah, else. And sure. that's, kids don't, they don't appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and too, there's so many other like ways to go about what you're talking about there, Mike. I mean, we just saw a mom recently who started a journal with her daughter. So for the summer, they can go back and forth through the journal. She can ask whatever question she wants. It's not only is this an opportunity for them to grow in their relationship and for her daughter to ask some tough questions and give her mom time to process that question, not just she just showed up in the kitchen, asked me this tough question, now I've got to answer it. Like, so, And it's okay, too, to say hold on, let me think about that before I give you yeah. an answer. I think we try too quickly as parents sometimes to answer that. But it's also helping her with her writing skills. So there's yeah, you know, there's good. that benefit. Yeah, so, that's right. That's cool. Um, that's good. But that is an interesting thing because not every kid is ready to just have that sit-down conversation. But you do have to start it from the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, just, and and you, they have to be able, like, you know, I ask, ask parents, especially when they get older, is when's the last time you've had a conversation with your kid that wasn't about their future? Yep about something they've done wrong or something they're struggling with. And it's usually like, I can't remember. And I think the idea, you know, if we can learn how to have a relationship with our kids, that is just about, you know, what do you think about this or that or whatever, then I think you'll, you know, and you learn to listen to them, they learn to trust that everything isn't about advancement. I mean, that's that's part of the problem is so much of our kids have this, everything's a performance, everything's about how well they're performing. And so every conversation is chock full of pressure because it's like I'm going to be evaluated on how I'm doing. I can't just stop and be me. And, um, you know, I think that's that's something we can do as parents, and especially in the disruption of the summertime, is allowing our kids to just have some space to be them. Yeah. Mm, That's really good. That's really good. Okay, so parents, um, think about what is it you see, what is it you say, what is it you think, and and maybe don't. Kind of see and say and think the same things that you always. Well, and see I'll give and you one more example. I don't know if I said this before, but I've told this to our church. I remember when my daughter, when we started the church. You know, and when you're starting a church, one of the biggest things you're trying to deal with is, you know, can you can you create financial stability, right? Because we had a lot of college students, very few adults, and at the time, my wife was working. Um, you know, the church was kind of getting off the ground, and my oldest daughter was five. Uh, and so I had to, she, she finished preschool at 12 o'clock noon. So my job was to pick her up three days a week. 
And I remember thinking like, man, I got to pick her up three days a week. And that's three lunches that I can't have with people in our church who I probably need to be building and investing in to sort of yeah, create this. Sure. this was, I mean, I'm 30 years old. So this is the, what I'm thinking. And so I remember, and it didn't last long, but I remember seeing this lunch with my daughter as something that was in the way of what could be so much more productive if I weren't doing this. And I, I remember, you know, I was reflecting on this, right? My journal it was almost like God smacked me in the head and, you know, like, Mike, you idiot, this may be the most important lunch that you'll have in your life. And so we had for probably three days a week for a year, we had lunch together. We went to the lunchbox over on 17th Street and we sat there and we ate a sandwich and chips. And she told me about her day and what she colored in her teachers. These are not things that help you build a church at all. Right? <laughs> and they can but, sometimes feel like a waste of time. But they are right? things oh, yeah. that help you build a relationship oh, that you will cherish yes. 20 years later. Yes. And that's where I think we, we you know, there, there are things that we, that are, that are probably right now in front of people, this summer being one of them, that seem like they are disruptions to what we think we ought to be doing, but they are actually the gateway to the relationship that we want more than anything else. Yeah, that is so good, so good. Okay, hey Marcy, tell everybody about kind of, uh, since we're gonna you know, skip over the summer here and talk about the fall. <laughs> Just real quick, give, give folks a picture of what we are gonna be talking about in the fall, because this is right in line with it. Yeah, so this summer we've gathered our leadership team for our parent network, which is a team of volunteers who are experienced parents and so forth. and kind of picked a really great theme for this next year. So all of our events, our seminars, our, you know, big topic. Podcasts. Uh, podcasts, yeah. yeah, big, everything. You know, and social media is going to be focused on... Drum roll. Real parenting. Yes, So explain a little bit where we're coming from on that. Well, you know, this year was our first year really jumping into a theme with the Parent Network when we started with Stuart Hall with kind of a uh, how to be intentional as a parent at the beginning of the year. So that's what we've been talking about all year long is intentional parenting. And, and part of what, you know, we've learned as we've jumped into more and more parent stuff is that there are so many real issues that parents and families are dealing with. And so we're going to jump into real parenting. And what does it mean to parent when, you know, my teenager starts, you know, flirting with marijuana and alcohol yeah. or how do we deal with, you know, kids and pornography and how do yeah. we deal with all the real things. Yeah, and so and that's not really limited to just like those crazy yeah, taboo right. topics. There's so many other aspects of real parenting. Yeah. That I mean we need to talk about being present with our kids and all that these are requirements for being real parents. Yeah, so we're excited about kind of taking a, a deeper step yes. into equipping and encouraging parents by talking about real parenting. Yeah starting in the fall so we'll get to that very excited and if you want more information or to be kept up to date with everything that we're planning for this next school year please check out our website get plugged in on our newsletter or you can email us at parents at portcity.org nope portcitychurch.org that's it okay. parents at this is probably why I don't get a lot of emails. That's okay. <laughs> or you can follow us on Facebook at PC3 Parent Network. And we are also on Instagram and Twitter, which I love our Instagram. Yeah. It's at PC3 Parents. And it's really just a great Instagram to follow. Very inspiring. Lots of good quotes and resources there. Please, 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 um, parents, uh, take the opportunity here over the course of the summer to ask yourself some new questions, to see things new in a new way to, to, to maybe say things differently, to deal with your kids in a different way um, and just see what God can do because that's what we're hoping to do as a church. So 
Thanks for listening to episode, what is it, 14? 14. 14. Wow, we're, we're in our teenage years, so super fun. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you being here. Oh, man, my pleasure. Thank you. All right.